Chapter Ten of Peggy Raymond's Vacation by Harriet Lummis Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten, Mrs. Snook's Education. For the next few days, Ruth continued to be the center of the life of the cottage. All the fun was planned with due regard to her lack of strength. At almost every meal, some little extra delicacy appeared beside her plate. Whatever impatience Graham and Jack may have felt over the further postponement of their tramp, they concealed the feeling with remarkable tact. There was little danger, however, that the unusual attentions showered on Ruth would turn her head, as she had a counter-irritant in the shape of a firm conviction that she did not deserve any of this spontaneous kindness. It was a day or two after her unsuccessful attempt to enact the role of heroine that Graham arrived at the cottage at an early hour and in a noticeable state of indignation, in spite of Ruth's protests that she was quite well enough to assist in the work of the morning, the girls had unanimously scoffed at the suggestion, and had forcibly seated her in one of the porch rockers, and thrust a late magazine in her hands. But by the time Graham arrived, the magazine had slipped to the floor, and Ruth, sitting with folded hands, was able to give her brother her undivided attention. "'It's the most extraordinary thing,' graham sat down on the steps at ruth's feet and fanned his flushed face with his hat have you missed anything that belongs to you lately why no have you found anything that's what i'm going to tell you to start at the beginning the first night jack and i slept at mrs snook's we weren't warm enough there weren't many covers on the bed and in this hilly country the nights are cool even when the days are pretty warm so in the morning i spoke to mrs snook's and said we'd like some extra bedding and she promised to attend to it ruth's face had crinkled suddenly into a smile of comprehension which graham was too absorbed to notice well that night a steamer rug appeared on the bed it wasn't exactly a success you know a steamer rug's too narrow to cover two people properly if it was over jack i was left out in the cold and vice versa we had to take turns shivering after one of us got to the point where his teeth chattered he'd snatch the rug off the other fellow and warm up but it wasn't till this morning that I took any particular notice of that rug. And, Ruth, it belongs to us. Graham looked at his sister with an air of expecting her to be greatly surprised. Translating her smile into an expression of incredulity, he began to prove his assertion. Yes, I know it sounds absurd, but I'm not mistaken, Ruth. I suppose two rugs might be of the same pattern, but it's hardly likely they would have the identical ink spots. Don't you remember how I spilled ink on that rug when I was getting over the measles? And down in the corner is part of a tag Uncle John had sewed on, when he borrowed it for his trip abroad. The wily is torn off, but John G. is left, and now the question is— Ruth's laughter could no longer be restrained. Oh, Graham, she borrowed it. Borrowed it? repeated the amazed Graham. Well, I like that. She rushed down here the morning after you came and said she had an extra bed to make. And would we lend her a little bedding? Of course we didn't have any bedding to spare. We only brought enough for ourselves and hardly that, for it's cooler here than we expected. But the steamer rug was lying around and we thought we could let her take that. But she must have bedding of her own, insisted Graham. What does she do in the winter time? That's the funny thing about Mrs. Snooks. She borrows dustpans and flat-irons and all sorts of necessary things, and you feel sure she hasn't been doing without them all her life. And the queerest part of all is that she acts so aggrieved if we refuse. 
if we tell her that we're out of sugar she seems as indignant as if we kept a store and it was our business to have sugar for everybody peggy came out on the porch at that moment and listened with interest not unmixed with indignation to graham's account of his discovery sometimes i think the trouble with that woman is that she's formed an appetite for borrowing just like an appetite for drugs you know peggy laughed as she added perhaps i ought not to say a great deal just now as long as i'm going borrowing myself i've just discovered that we haven't any ginger in the house and i've set my heart on gingerbread for dinner why don't you borrow it of mrs snooks cried ruth it's time we were getting a little return for what we've lent her peggy hesitated i don't know why i shouldn't she acknowledged frankly if it isn't very convenient for her to lend it perhaps she'll realize that her borrowing may inconvenience other people sometimes it was while peggy was absent on this errand that the plot was formed gradually the group on the piazza had increased till only peggy and dorothy were missing not unnaturally the conversation concerned itself with mrs snooks peculiarities and the undeniable disadvantages of having her for a neighbor graham's story of the steamer rug was matched by equal harrowing tales of useful articles borrowed with the promise of an immediate return and missed when wanted most peggy imagines that she is going to teach mrs snooks a lesson by borrowing a little ginger of her ruth said with a shake of her head it's my opinion it'll take a good deal more than that to teach mrs snooks anything a sudden mischievous light illumined amy's eyes let's give her a real lesson she cried let's show her how it seems to have your neighbors always borrowing things peggy's gone after a little ginger you say yes nodded ruth fascinated by the possibilities she was unfolding in amy's plan well when peggy gets home i'll go down and do some borrowing and it won't be anything like ginger you understand i'll pick out some real useful article that she'll miss every minute that's the way she does and when i get back priscilla will take her turn had peggy been present it is doubtful whether the project would have been received with such unanimous enthusiasm peggy's softness of heart interfered sadly at times with her theories of discipline but in her absence the conspiracy against mrs snooks peace of mind was discussed and elaborated without a dissenting voice even aunt abigail tacitly approved and jack rinson who it appeared had been solicited to lend a handkerchief and a black necktie that mr snooks might be properly attired for attending a funeral in the village gave the schemers the benefit of several valuable suggestions peggy made her appearance dimpling with amusement and was greeted with a shout of interrogation did you get it cried half a dozen voices in chorus yes i got it but you never saw anybody so surprised and unwilling she hinted and fussed and dropped hints that she'd been thinking of making gingerbread for supper herself it really made me uncomfortable to take it but i felt it was time that she had a lesson high time agreed amy with a droll glance at her fellow conspirators the unsuspecting peggy looked about with mild surprise on the laughing group well we're sure of our gingerbread anyway she said and passed into the house amy was instantly on her feet oh amy exclaimed ruth half admiringly and half in remonstrance do you really dare dare why i don't need any great amount of courage i'm only number two it's number five or number six who'll have to be brave amy went gaily down the path and peggy as she stirred soda into the molasses wondered at the laughter on the front porch and reflected that the crowd was in unusually jolly spirits about the time that the gingerbread was beginning to diffuse its savory odors through the house amy returned 
a glance at her triumphant face furnished sufficient proof that her undertaking had been successful even without the silent testimony of a large object concealed by a napkin and carried with ostentatious care oh amy what have you there cried priscilla finding some difficulty in making her voice heard above the chorus of exclamations and laughter an apple pie amy's tone indicated immense satisfaction with herself amy not really you couldn't ruth protest choking with laughter seeing's believing isn't it amy whisked off the napkin and revealed the pie still steaming when order was sufficiently restored she told her story i hadn't exactly made up my mind what i'd ask for but the minute i was inside the kitchen i saw the pie set in the window to cool and i decided on that poor mrs snooks couldn't believe her ears she asked me over twice and then she said she'd never heard of anybody borrowing a pie and i said that we happened to be out of pies and we're going to have company to dinner you and jack will have to stay she added to graham who accepted with as profound a bow as if he had not been counting confidently on the invitation did she act very cross questioned priscilla who was beginning to wonder if mrs snooks education had not progressed sufficiently for that day without any further assistance oh not particularly she looked rather sad and you couldn't call her manner obliging but it isn't likely that she'd say very much considering that she's borrowed something from us once a day on average ever since we came i wish you'd let me take my turn next said claire a little nervously i don't want to wait till she gets to the exploding point and then be the one to be blown up oh go ahead i don't mind as a matter of fact priscilla shared claire's qualms but would not for the world have admitted as much ruth watched claire moving down the path reluctance apparent in every step and declared that it didn't seem fair you girls are bearding the lioness in her den and i'm having all the fun without doing a thing aunt abigail and i are the lucky ones bless you child i'm going to take my turn said the old lady with a twinkle in her eye which indicated that her requisition on the generosity of mrs snooks would mark a distinct advance in the education of that lady i'm going when priscilla gets back but as it happened aunt abigail was not called on to redeem her boast claire returned with a small package of salt folded up in brown paper her courage having failed her when it came to the point of requesting the loan of a more useful article priscilla having joined in the scoffing called out by this evidence of faint-heartedness was on her guard against a similar display of timidity mrs snooks was ironing as priscilla appeared in the doorway and the flush that stained her sallow cheeks was not altogether due to the proximity of a glowing stove mrs snooks priscilla began finding the ordeal rather more trying than she had expected i've come to see if you'll lend us your coffee-pot till to-morrow mrs snooks tested her flat iron with a damp forefinger and then resumed her work her answer was so long coming that priscilla began to wonder if she were not intending a reply there's been a good deal of borrowing round in this neighborhood first and last mrs snooks remarked at length with impressive dignity and lately i've been laying in a considerable stock of new things including a coffee-pot i've made up my mind that i'll neither borrow nor lend while i don't like to seem unneighborly concluded mrs snooks setting down her flat iron with a startling thud it's a matter of principle i've done the last lending or borrowing that i'm a-going to it was apparent that amy's ruse had worked and that mrs snooks had learned her lesson but it needed the girl's united efforts to dissuade aunt abigail from following up priscilla's visit by a call of her own 
aunt abigail argued that in order to make the effects of the lesson permanent it was necessary to rub it in from a hint she finally let fall the girls gathered that she was disappointed in not being able to carry out a brilliant idea that had flashed into her mind while the plot was developing what was it you were going to borrow aunt abigail ruth asked but aunt abigail shook her head if i had succeeded in getting it from mrs snooks she replied you should have known not otherwise and as peggy who happened out on the porch at that moment threw the weight of her influence on the side of those who were protesting against any further visits to mrs snooks it seemed probable that the curiosity of the company would remain ungratified aunt abigail was an old lady abundantly able to keep her own counsel peggy viewed the apple pie with an air of disquiet now we'll have to buy some apples right away we're out well what of it why we must make a pie in the morning to return to mrs snooks return cried amy why peggy you're going to ruin everything this is spoiling the egyptians what did mrs snooks ever return that we didn't send for as peggy refused to alter her determination a little murmur of dissatisfaction arose i think we're getting the worst of that bargain jack rinson said with feeling swapping one of miss peggy's pies for one of mrs snooks i've tried both and i ought to know then we'll send it back just as it is declared amy with another happy inspiration we'll change it to another plate and she won't know whether it is her pie or not and even if she suspects the truth what difference does it make this brilliant idea was actually carried out after some demurring on the part of peggy who was afraid that mrs snooks feelings might be hurt graham was delegated to return the pie and did so that evening with a suitable expression of thanks which mrs snooks received without returning the usual assurance that every one concerned was perfectly welcome graham turning to go upstairs halted by the door oh by the way mrs snooks if you could let me have i'm entirely out replied mrs snooks without waiting for him to finish graham stared then he understood that mrs snooks was suspecting him of complicity in the plot and his amusement came very near getting the better of his politeness in his effort not to laugh his handsome face flushed a not unbecoming scarlet it was only that i lost a button on the way home mrs snooks and i thought if you would i've let my last spool of thread said mrs snooks and i haven't a needle to my name henny dropped my thimble down the well last week and as for buttons the only one i own are on the children's clothes but if you want any of them things mr wiley you'll find a right good assortment at dowd's he keeps a good stock if tis nothing but a country store graham thanked her and went to his room he reflected that mrs snooks had not only learned her lesson but had applied it which is not always the case with promising pupils End of chapter 10